to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. And welcome to the latest episode of Wrestling with Jonas, episode 338. And uh, got an awesome guest uh, for a Wednesday evening. My second live interview in the space of 48 hours just uh, two days ago. I had Lana Austin, superstar Lana Austin, on the show. She doesn't give many interviews, but uh, an awesome interview. We went uh, about uh, 60 minutes. I had cameo appearances from Rob Drake, Lee McAteer. So go and check that one out. Uh, but today, uh, I've got one of the very best pros on the UK scene in 2023, um, and we're going to talk all about that. So the current, the reigning, defending SWW heavyweight champion, the Stallion, Chris Bronson. Chris, how you doing, my friend? Well, not too bad, John. How are you? Very, very good. And uh, I'm going to go straight to a question because we had Andrew Tun who sent a question in earlier. Can you make his introduction as long as his entrance into the ring? Although it's a banging <laughs> tune, she says. So that's dying straight, isn't it? Money for nothing. But yeah. I think you, you, do you do it and do you drag it out on purpose? Because it takes you like two minutes to step through the curtain once your once your music starts. Is there a bit of thought process behind that? A little bit. I just thought I also it's a great song, and then yeah. I thought it's just got a lovely build up to like a great guitar riff. So I thought it's quite a nice wrestling one. So when I was going through a stage of trying to listen to music, try to find a good entrance music, it was one of the ones that I just kept thinking like that would be good on like a big big screen and all that. So I just thought, oh, I'll just start using it. Fuck it, why not? <laughs> Absolutely. I thought I'd bring that up for a man just to get a little bit of a laugh to start off with. But uh, before we get take a deep dive with Chris, just a quick reminder of some of my recent guests. And of course, November marks five years of wrestling with Jonas and uh, some of the great interviews we had in the month of November. Session Moth Martina came onto the show. Uh, a wonderful guest, a really fun 60-minute conversation with Martina. And of course, part one of episode seven, masterclass series interviews with johnny saint one of the the very best wrestlers uh, to, to ever lace up a pair of boots to step through the ropes uh british wrestling legend world of sport legend johnny saint and part two will be dropping very very soon in the month of december kira chimera came onto the show in the month of november a really great guest a really fun interview please go and check that one out on my youtube hit the like hit the subscribe button as well and of course uh had uh, the opportunity to spend the day with uh, Dirty Dango a couple of weekends ago. And uh, we had a bit of an in-car interview, something I've never done before, but we both had fun. Go and check that one out on YouTube channel. Of course, as I said, my most recent interview was with Lana Austin two days ago. A wonderful uh, character, one of the very best pros on the UK scene. Go and check that one out. My next live interview, next Wednesday, seven days from today, is with none other um, WWF legends, North American wrestling legend, renowned coach uh, from uh, JPWA over in Knoxville, Tennessee, Dr. Tom Pritchard will be live on Wrestling with Jonas next Wednesday at nine o'clock, so a slightly later start time. And of course, uh, as a little Christmas present to you all, um, another interview that will be dropping before Christmas, Suplex Millie, Millie McKenzie will be on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast. But today, it's all about this guy here, the stallion, Chris Bronson. And there he is. <laughs> with the SWW, the South West Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. Um, a beautiful belt, looks great over your shoulder. But, you. but let me ask, I mean, 2023 um, has been a, a banger of a year for you. And I, I've seen a lot of your matches. I've seen a lot of your title defences, especially in uh, SWW. But uh, if you were to, to sum up this year, we we're getting close to the end of 2023. But uh, if you were to sum up how this year has gone for you so far, uh, how would you? Uh, just busier, to be honest. Like I, I've always wanted to be busy as a wrestler, and now I find that it's, it's finally starting to get to a point where it's at least one a week I'm doing. Whereas I know some guys are wrestling a lot more than that, but like for me, that's busy. Like work all week, and then if I get three shows on a weekend, that's brilliant. But I feel like this year has started to be at least one a week I'm dealing with, which is I want to like next year. I'd like to be more, I'd like to be busier, work for more companies. But I'm happy where I am at the minute. Yeah, I, th I think this has been your busiest year in your, what, five or six year career, hasn't it? Yeah, about five years I've been wrestling. Uh, yeah, 100% busiest year. 
yeah. Like I have to book out time to spend time like with the, rest of the family. <laughs> That's right. It goes the other way, doesn't it? Where yeah. you have to kind of book out time to Block same for me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, do, do you know a little bit of trivia for you here? Do you know how many days you've been Southwest Wrestling Heavyweight Champion for? I can tell you if you don't know. I I would guess probably just under a year, maybe. Well, you're getting that way. It's 299 days today. 299 days today. That's pretty special. But let me let me tell you something else. You are only 26 days away from tying Eddie Ryan's second reign record of 325 days. But bearing in mind some of that overlapped with the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but uh, in only 27 days, you'll be the official holder of the record for the most amount of days for the longest reign uh, of any Southwest Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. That's, <laughs> we that show till February, so I'll, I'll definitely have it. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> could be an early, early Christmas present for you, uh, for sure, for sure. But uh, I mean, that, that's a pretty cool milestone. And I mentioned Eddie's second reign there of 325 days. Yeah. Um, and like I say, part of that overlapped with the pandemic. So I suppose, you know, in terms of actual wrestling days, wrestling weeks without without lockdown, you are kind of the longest reigning champion. But uh, in just 26 or 27 days, you will be officially the record holder. Um, that, that's a pretty cool achievement. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, I didn't. Obviously, I, I was chasing the belt for a long time, like before the pandemic. I think there was a plan for me to face Eddie for the belt. Mm. And then um, obviously the pandemic happened and it all went a bit tits up. Mm. And then when I came back, I was tagging with Chris Adams. So, well, Adam. So we were tagging together and then we just, you know, I went down a different route for a while. So it feels like it's been a very long time coming. So to even, to be holding it this long is brilliant. Do you think that you, you're kind of making a, or would make a, a better job of it as the champion now as you would of before the pandemic? A hundred percent, yeah. Why do you think I, that I, is? I was mad Mickey Forrester or something like that. <laughs> really? <laughs> I didn't have a clue what I was doing. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I think it's, it gave me a lot of time to grow because I think if you would have chucked the belt on me then, I would have just felt pressure and nervous. That, oh, I'm the champion now. i got to be great and stuff like that. Whereas now, and I had a lot of time tagging and like just chilling out and wrestling, enjoying my wrestling. Yeah, put in a much better position to hold a belt. Yeah, I think, it, anyway. it happened at the right time, didn't it? It happened yeah. at the right time. Let's have a look at some of your kind of title defenses, and uh, don't want to go into too much detail about them. But uh, I mean, it all started. I mean, you won the championship in this yeah. match here back in February, February the tenth, uh, in that triple threat. There, two big dudes there to overcome you did and you became the new SWW heavyweight champion your first title defense was against Niwa in Tewksbury back in April I think that was yeah. um, and then of course you had uh, Wrestleversary 3 your first match of, uh, of a series against uh, Toby St. John um, mm. at uh, the Exmouth Pavilion um, a really fun show. That was a banger of a match. And I think it went to a double count out or something. And then Nico Angelo, more recently back in August uh, from the Frog and Fiddle in Cheltenham. And that was an awesome match. I think that was uh, declared as a, like a uh, anything goes uh, sort of no disqualification match. Yeah. And uh, in the Frog and Fiddle, definitely a highlight of mine from the summer. And then more recently, again, in October, JJ Gale, an absolute banger of a match. And he's such a fantastic guy, such a fantastic wrestler and athlete. And, of course, this past weekend uh, from Ross on Y, the second match between yourself and Toby St. John for the heavyweight championship. And it was a bit of a, a, bit of a dusty finish. Um, yeah. But so we won't go into too many details. But uh, well, what, what's the most important thing is you, you walked out still as the SWW heavyweight champion. Um, mm. But, uh, I mean, when you look at some of their matches, and i got to say the one against Niwa certainly stands out to me as yeah. being just what a match that was. So I don't know whether you'd fought Niwa before that match, but yeah, it really was a cracking first, match. It was first time for me and Niwa, and obviously yeah. I've heard so many good things about him, and I heard from the, like like some people who I really respect how good he is. So I, I knew what I was getting myself into wrestling him. And, yeah, he, he delivered his... Bit of an animal, to be honest. He just everything he does is very, does is very, very quick. Yeah, you, you just got to try to keep up, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, Nico, like I say, he's a bit more of an aerial artist yeah. and uh, another kind of super fast-paced guy. 
you probably know uh, Nico from, uh, yeah, yeah, from yeah. New Wave, of course. But Nico's um, brilliant as well. They're, they're yeah. All, yeah, all the matches I've had defending the belt have been against top people, like and like all of them are very, very good wrestlers. Yeah, like, all in different ways as well. But I'd say Toby and Niwa are quite similar, and then JJ and Nico are similar as well. So it's yeah. like different variations of matches I'm having with them. Well, this is something I was going to say, is that every match was different. Your opponents were, were different, but the styles of matches and the stories you told in, in, in the ring were all very different. So I think it's been a really fun and interesting kind of championship uh, run for your run of matches as the uh, champion so far. Um, quite quite a memorable championship run. Have you, have you enjoyed this run as SWW heavyweight champion? I know it's a bit of a loaded question, but uh, it, it certainly has been a fun one from a fan's perspective. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's, it's quite varied. Because I, I've only wrestled Toby twice. That's why, otherwise, there haven't been any repeat opponents. It's been very talent that I'm facing each time. And Pete just wants to bring fresh people in for me to wrestle. So it's I'm I'm enjoying it. And whenever time is time, someone yeah. else will have to do it. <laughs> Well, wow. I'm hoping that's not anytime soon because so you, you are approaching that that one year mark, and like I say, that that record yeah. reign. But I do want to touch on in a bit more detail, um, Toby St. John and kind of the rivalry you've had. Yeah. And, and it all started back in Tewksbury when he won his triple threat number one contenders match. You mm -hmm. won your match against Niwa. Um, after the show, there you are celebrating. Um, and that appears to be Rory, the referee on the floor there. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I think he, he probably got a bit of a knock. But so uh, there you can see Toby coming out confident after winning his number one contenders mm. match um, to look at you, to look at the belt. That set up the match that the two of you had at Wrestleversary over in Exmouth in May and uh, your, your second match in Ross and Wide this past weekend. And I think we're, we're looking ahead to, to a third match. And if I remember rightly, you both did interviews with me after the show. Uh, I think that uh, uh, you you was a little bit worse for wear after that match, a little bit worse yeah, for wear. Yeah, uh, right. You'll have to check it out on YouTube when the match drops. But uh, you were saying no more rematches, no more rematches. Toby St. John came up to me and said, look, give him one more chance. And if he doesn't win it, it will never have another shot at the SWW Championship again. But uh, th th I mean, I think this story rivalry between yourself and Toby St. John has been really gripping and very well booked from SWW and, and uh, awesomely played out by yourself and Toby as well. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Good, really great guy to work with, Toby. Like, great talent. And all I hear, like before I even met Toby, I was told I had a brother in Cornwall. So <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, I, I felt like I knew him before I even like met him. But then when I did meet him I, and watched him wrestle, I could see what people were saying. We do wrestle a very similar style. So when, as soon as we do start wrestling against each other, it's, it's, it just, everything flows quite well. Because we're yeah. both kind of thinking the same thing and both want to achieve the same thing. Well, this is it. And you, you're both similar style, well, similar build and similar stature. Um, and I think what really strikes me is, I mean, on the independent scene, you've got a lot of, flashy wrestlers you've got a lot of you know divers and and things like that high, mm. high impact fast pace but but you guys are, are, are kind of a bit more slower uh, a bit more methodical you like to tell a story in your matches and there's also an element of, of old school between the two of you as well i mean you mm. two wouldn't be i mean the matches you've had wouldn't be out of place in the the territory uh days of the mid 1980s but mm. like i say i think your style is, is a bit of a throwback certainly when the two of you are in there it's all about crash bang wallop hitting hard uh big moves and uh, not afraid to brawl around the ring as well yeah it's like it's just the wrestling i grew up watching and like i grew up watching Obviously, like Rockstone Cold and that. But then when I got really into wrestling, I went further back. I watched Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard. And that's the sort of, that's where I sort of try to base my wrestling now, but sort of maybe in modernizing it a little bit. Yeah. So I think Toby's very similar. Toby's like watches the territories and all that. So it's, it's very easy for us to go put something together because we're both thinking, yeah, that'd be cool. And it's, we can make something of it instead of it being like, just do this, just do that. It's a, why would you do this? Why would you do that? Just so there has to be a bit of mix behind what you do so they actually make sense. And, and yeah, looks uh, like yeah. telling a story, isn't it? You're storytelling in that ring. Yeah, that's it. The, the whole aim of it, really. You're telling a story to the crowd there, isn't it? 
Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Makes it easier for them to get emotionally involved in the match when yeah. they're they're seeing a storyline unfold in front of them. Absolutely, and we certainly have had that over the last five or six months with yourself and Toby. And there's more to be had. There is more to yeah. be had, and I got a feeling that uh, the next show in February uh, could be the next chapter of that. Although yet to be confirmed, yet to be confirmed. One match that I haven't mentioned yet, and it wasn't for the title. Um, but uh, it was in that kind of string of three shows back to back in April when it was from the Trinity Centre in Bristol. You may remember this one, uh, Dinger Bang. <laughs> yeah. And like I say, your belt wasn't on the line, but uh, uh, the, the, the cowbell certainly oh, yeah. was. And uh, a different sort of match to what you would usually yeah. find in, in, in Bristol uh, from the Trinity Centre. And of course, you know, Dinger's got a great character, he's got a great gimmick. Yeah, great. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that cowbell, I think. Um, it, it, well, I think you, you walloped him against the head a couple of times and mm -hmm. the sound reverberated around that Trinity <laughs> Centre uh, like I've never heard before. But uh, that was a lot of fun and, and quite yeah. high impact as well. I mean, you two really laid it in. Oh, yeah. Well, like me and Dinger, like he's one of like, my best mates in wrestling. So it's it's one of them. We just knew that we could lay it in as hard as we want. And, you know, with like when we wrestle each other, it's just hit as hard as you want. It would be fine after. <laughs> and like he yeah, he hit me with that rope and that bell, like he just laid it and hit me straight across the back. And then I think on one of the moves, might have been a superplex or something off top rope, the bell somehow whipped round and hit him in the balls. But it was just one of them matches where we were just having fun, to be honest. Yeah, like, yeah. I couldn't really tell you what happened. We were just enjoying it and laying it in on each other. <laughs> Definitely one to watch. It's already available on Southwest Wrestling's YouTube channel. I actually did the commentary for uh, that show. Um, and uh, I remember that match being a lot of fun to commentate on. But uh, go and check that one out. And uh, definitely a memorable one for sure. Another highlight of yours from 2023 um, has to be this here. Uh, standing inside of a, an Impact ring, Gut Check 2023. Um, and of course, part of Impact's uh, UK tour. A um, couple of months ago now, I think uh, time has certainly flown. But uh, what are your memories of that? Well, first of all, how how did how did you get onto their radar? How did you become part of Gut Check? Did you have to apply or send off an email? How how did that process start for you? I did what everyone else did, paid the eighty quid and went along. Really, David Sharp sent it to me and yep. just said might be worth having a go at. And like I'm so oblivious to everything, I didn't even know it was going on or anything. I just live in my own little world. But he sent that to me and then I messaged Sammy to see if he was going as well. And then we just went along together. It was good. I, I enjoyed it. It was there was a lot of people there. I think it might have been better if they capped it to less people so you got more time. So there's quite a lot of guys who didn't get a lot of time to show what they could do. But I, I got lucky enough to get through into the final matches and it went went quite well. So so tell us about that then, because I, I had Leon Cage on the show last month and uh, he, he was also there um, mm -hmm. and uh, he said that, uh, you know, he, he had a small role to play. I think he did some drills, but um, mm -hmm. you were lucky enough to get into the advanced stages of that. So yeah. tell us about the day. What, what did they get you doing and how did you progress to them latter stages? So we were like, there's about 80 of us there, I think, and we got split into groups of 20. Yeah. And you started with like a forward roll drill, but you got to say something about yourself before you did your forward roll. Did forward roll drill where one would go and you got to try to time it so you don't collide. And then another 20 went in. So it was quite stop start. Like I think probably all in, you're probably in the ring, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes over the day. But there's so many people there, it's just hard for them to get everyone in. But you did groups of 20 forward rolls, and then it was like a heat drill where you come in, you get tagged in, come in, take a heat, and then they tag out and you put heat on the guy who comes in. Um, I think that was it. Uh, uh, did, you get, did you get any feedback from the, the coaches or any of the impact staff after your day there? Um, and uh, if so, what, what, what did they say? And, and what, what were some of the main takeaways from you for the, from the day? Um, well, I got some good feedback. Me and JJ, J. Joshua, yeah, we got invited back behind uh, backstage. So we were sort of standing around. We got to speak to us, um, some of the lads back there. And like the feedback was pretty much just keep doing what you're doing. Um, and I just need to get more matches. And I, but 
it was weird. It was kind of like it was just pretty much he took us back there to say you done quite well. Yeah, and not to be disheartened that you you didn't win. So it, it was nice. It was a nice little touch, and <clears> I just a takeaway from it. I just it's a bit more of a confidence boost that even to guys their level that they can say like oh yeah they're pretty good. Yeah, so it's yeah. a bit of a confidence boost I got from it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and did it give you a taste for wanting more from, uh, you know, not necessarily a big American promotion, but, uh, you know, of, of the limelight and the, the bigger scene, the bigger promotions? And uh, did it give you a taste? And is it something you'd want to experience again, kind of a big tryout with uh, a big promotion like that? Oh, yeah, that's the dream, isn't it? It is. Yeah, the dream is to just go and wrestle for a living. So you've got to get on the big promotions to be able to do that. So yeah, that would it, it gave me a little like insight into what the next step, like the step ups are like. So, yeah, yeah, it is a bit of like a teaser almost. Like you're yeah. looking at it and you're like, "Well, I want that." But then I, you want everyone has a dream of like WWE, and so to me, it's like that's like the end goal. That'd be the dream dream is WWE or Japan, something like that. But unrealistic. I'll see what happens. Yeah. I can definitely see your style in Japan for sure. I think your style uh, would go go down really, really well over in Japan. But uh, another group I want to talk about, and we, we spoke a lot about SWW and your uh, near record-breaking reign as the heavyweight champion. Um, but today, there's a couple of other promotions I think you've had probably even more matches for this year, and one of them being Wrestling Society. Uh, yeah. based out of the southwest, uh, Portishead and occasionally Cardiff. Um, and uh, you've had uh, a number of matches for them in 2023, possibly 2022 and 2023, as a matter of fact. Um, yeah. But uh, Wrestling Society, I think they, they've now kind of merged under the banner of uh, Brit King Pro, who we'll talk more about very, very soon. Um, but uh, Wrestling Society put on some great shows, always have a great show, uh, always have a fantastic, uh, loyal fan base and great talent, great matches. Um, but uh, tell us a bit about your journey with Wrestling Society, because it is one of those promotions that's used you very well in 2023. Uh, yeah, I loved it. I love it there, Wrestling Society. For me, it was like almost a, a return to 4FW in a way. Yeah. So as soon as Nadia told me that she was starting a, promo a promotion, then she told me who's involved. I was just like, this is 4FW, like 2.0. Yeah. So I was straight on the bandwagon because that was like where it all started for me. I was more than happy to get involved and work with them. And then Nadia just said wh whatever date she had, like she was trying to book me for. So, yeah, it was brilliant. I loved it there. Great, great dressing room. That was like the main thing I yeah. like is – it's a nice friendly dressing room and like you don't have to put up with many egos or anything like that. And a lot of the, the old 4FW lads as well. That's it, yeah. It is just 4FW lads. It was familiar like a, a familiar bunch of bunch of lads that you uh, yeah. came up in the business with, but um, and it, yeah. local to yourself, you know. Yeah. Bristol, Portishead. Um, but uh, one name that really jumps out to me um, from your run with Wrestling Society is uh, Charlie Sterling. And uh, I don't know whether you worked him much before the pandemic or before Wrestling Society, but I know that you've had um, a couple of tag matches with him, teaming up with him, and a couple of singles mm -hmm. matches with him as well. Um, but uh, Charlie Sterling is one of them kind of underrated workhorses of the UK scene. Yeah. Um, and he's he, he's sickeningly good at pretty yeah. much everything for a big guy as well. Uh, what's your experience of, of working with and against uh, Charlie um, at Wrestling Society in particular? Oh, that's exactly what you said. It's, it's how good he is. And it's, yeah. it's, it's one of them, I get in the ring with him and I just think, just try keep up. Try, just try keep up with him and just, do do the best you can because you're not you're not gonna outshine him, but just do the best you can to be in there with him. He's one of them who like you kind of think like if if he hadn't made it yet, like how how else was anyone else gonna do it? <laughs> what chance does anybody else have if he yeah, hasn't done if it? Yet? Inside, like, well, <laughs> any, what chance do any of us have? Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, you're both doing incredibly on the UK Indies, and he, okay. so he's making his name certainly in progress as one half. Uh, of the tag team with Nick Riley, of course. Yeah. Um, but uh, look, so just, just a couple of pictures I'm going to bring up here is a graphic, possibly of your most recent match with Charlie in a yeah. wrestling society ring and uh, a match with the two of you there. And uh, there's a, a picture of two good-looking chaps, if ever I've seen them. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, looks like you, you two seem to have this, this awesome 
are working with or against one another. Uh, and like I say, he's a workhorse and uh, difficult to, to keep up with. Um, and you've got another match with him coming up soon, haven't you, for uh, All Star South, All Star Wrestling yeah. South at their second show um, in Salisbury, the 16th of December. I think this has just recently been announced. Um, yeah. And uh, I bet you're looking forward to that one, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, Joel messaged me, and I've wanted to work for Joel's uh, promotion for ages. I've been been down there to train once, and he, he runs a great training school down there. So, like, to, to get involved in his shows is something I wanted to do for a while. And uh, he just messaged me asking if I was free for that, and he said it's with Charlie. And I was like, well, I was free anyway, but of course I'll be free if it's with uh, Charlie again, because we, we normally gel quite well in the ring. Yeah, yeah. Another company, um, <laughs> we've spoken about Southwest and we've spoken about Wrestling Society, but New Wave, New Wave Wrestling, uh, they, they tend to work their shows out of the St. Andrew's Church in Cardiff, don't they? Um, and I think you've been part of quite a few of their uh, shows. I think they've done about uh, 10 or 11 shows so yeah. far. Uh, you've done worked about six of them from 2022 yeah. through to 2023. And what I love about New Wave, obviously, it's, it's Brendan White's uh, training school, and he decided to put on shows for the talent that he was training. And it's a real mix, isn't it, of experienced talent. Uh, some of the coaches are involved in the matches as well, and the yeah. newer talent as well, the trainees and people that have only had a few matches or still finding their feet. And that's what I love about New Wave. And it's, it's different to a lot of other promotions, but it is you know kind of like a a training school promotion um but with a lot more behind it he's putting on some banging shows and giving a lot of young talents uh some some great opportunities but what's your kind of thoughts on uh, new wave and your journey with new wave so far chris well i, I love new wave new waves what like when 4fw packed in training i i didn't have anywhere to train so we used to train in my my parents barn we had a, a wrestling ring in there and no way the lads, yeah <laughs> the lads, we'd, we'd come meet and train in there but we had no one to coach us we were all so it'd be me dinger chris adams i'm not sure if you'd have met him but jack bird billy and a few of the others and we'd train in there and august jacks august jackson he'd be in there yeah but we'd train in there but we had no one to coach us so uh, we trained in there for probably about a year and we just go from what we already knew, and then new. But it was cold in that barn, wasn't it? Freezing, yeah. Freezing. In the summer, <laughs> boiling hot. You, you yeah. never got the right. One or the other. Yeah, and um, yeah, it stunk in there as well, which didn't help because it's a horse yard. But we're, it toughened you up. I bet. <laughs> new, new wave came along. Um, so what? I think we started going a couple of us to Dragon Pro at the tail end of that, and then. Um, it t Dragon Pro stopped, and then obviously we went back to the barn, and um, and then we went New Wave started up with Brendan, and I messaged Brendan about coming down, and he, I've, I've never had someone so he's so welcoming, and he couldn't do enough for any of his trainees. There's not enough people like that. He he'll do anything for his trainees to get them out there, and you've only got to look at the guys who've come through New Wave, and look at the amount of shows they're just they're yeah. splattered across. Yeah. So it's it's if you it's a place where you're gonna get on shows and you're gonna get like Brendan will just send his guys footage to everyone and try and get them everywhere, which is like it's which is brilliant. So he, he did me some favors. He got me into Rev Pro for a few shows. That was through Brendan just pestering Andy about it. Yeah. So yeah, I can't say enough really for him. He's done. Yeah, and the shows are great as well. So they're, good, they're great fun to be involved with and the dressing room's friendly and everyone's just there to try to do the best, really. Oh, absolutely. And I've, I've had uh, a ton of talent on this show this year alone that uh, train uh, with and under uh, Brendan White, a new wave. Um, the, the Brill, the Brilliance being one of them, of course. Um, but to, 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 to demonstrate what a kind of weird uh, wrestling kind of world we live in and what a bit of a multiverse at times is, of course, mm -hmm. we spoke about Toby St. John in Southwest Wrestling, your, your kind of bitter rival and enemy. But then you look at kind of New Wave and uh, you're part of Forefront, aren't you? And I've got some pictures yeah. here. There you are with the Brill <laughs> yourself, uh, Toby St. John, Jordan Sparks at the back there. Yeah. I look but, like but, Jimmy's but it, mum in that photo. What's that? Sorry, I said I look like I could be Jimmy's mum in that photo. <laughs> <laughs> but looking at the four of you, it just works. You got four young, hungry talents there, 
that are you know blistering up the scene up and down the land in a new wave you've kind of got this almost a four horsemen vibe to be honest with you definitely a four horsemen vibe going on there but uh tell us a bit about those individuals uh because you've got some top talent in that photo straight away well it's just it, all three like all three of them are brilliant obviously i know toby well and jordan's like i think jordan's such a untouched talent at the minute yeah like people are just on yeah, people haven't seen enough of him because you you watch him work in the ring and he he he's, he is brilliant and I don't think enough people know it. And obviously, Jimmy James Ellis is is getting the recognition he deserves. He's he's everywhere. And he's, there aren't many times you don't see a poster without his face on it. And we've all got that similar style of wrestling. We like what like the eighties. We like the early stuff, nineties. So we all and obviously four horsemen kind of like the forefront is like for me i just i just want to come out and give it four horsemen but i gotta gotta do our own thing absolutely that's me i'm living the territory little dream in the end <laughs> but it works all day long and like i say you've got this kind of old school territory uh vibe about the four of you and i think it works i think it just jumps off the page i think it's awesome and you've got a, a match just around the corner haven't you i think this one here um is that very very is that uh what's the date that's on that Friday, this Friday. Friday, two days time. Yeah. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, like I say, you're up against uh, I, I'm only familiar with Kurt Atlas to be honest with you. I'm not too familiar with the other two, but by the looks of it, that's going to be a banging match. Um, yeah, I don't know, about about Thomas, but TJ Walden's good still, he's a great wrestler, he's quite new. And I'll see everyone like Kurt's great, Kurt's really good, big yeah. guy who can move and do a lot of stuff. And he's really transformed his look and uh, oh, yeah, going, the, the hair and, that and the phenomenal the shape build, recently. Yeah. Phenomenal yeah, shape. Really well. Kurt, I think next year will be big for Kurt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. He's definitely on my radar as well, for sure. Um, we, we, we spoke a bit about um, the four, Forefront, your new faction. Um, but uh, let, let's talk a bit about um, Forefront Wrestling because uh, uh, or 4FW as it's more commonly known because that is where you cut your teeth. That is where you started. Um, was it about 2018 when you started training there or started performing for those? Um, yeah, it must have been 2018. I, I, I think I literally just finished uni and I stopped playing rugby. Oh, hang on. I thought I lost you. Yeah, um, I just uh, stopped playing rugby and thought, I've always wanted to do wrestling. They even told like the rugby coaches when I was training and all that, like I'm not going to pursue rugby. I want to, I want to be a wrestler, and they just laughed. But here we are. So then, when I got home, I just started training at Forefront, which was in Bristol at the time. And I think it wasn't that long. I think I must have trained. I want to say like maybe four or five months, and then I was chucked on a show in a pair of trunks and small boots, and just told to go out there and have fun pretty much yeah who were some of the guys that you were coming up with uh through the 4fw uh academy school or maybe on the shows with at the time because uh i think it's it's kind of given birth to so many brilliant talents and names oh, when you yeah. think of like the likes of eddie ryan being one of them tiger yeah. ali yourself and so yeah. many others but uh who was you coming up with at the time so in the school training when i was there mm who carried on to do shows. You got Ripper Reed was originally, he, he trained for a little bit and then he, he, he just completely stopped. And then he went, he's gone on with Joel and like done really well, but he did. He was a, he was, I think he must train for about a couple of months. I remember him being there quite a, a fair bit. And then Dinger, Dinger was there. And then Hotshot, uh, Chris Adams, my old tag partner. And there was a couple of others who, Mega Pegasus, guy called Aaron, but I don't know if you'd have seen him. You'd have been on some of the early shows. But we were like the last the last batch of 4FW. Like we weren't in the with Eddie Ryan, JD Knight, and Saint and Sammy and that. But like yeah. Sammy, Benham, and David, uh, Dave Sharp were our coaches when we were there. Yeah, and I, I, I used to watch uh, a fair bit of 4FW because I, I lived and worked in Swindon for a number of years. Uh, around yeah. 2014, 2015, 2016. And uh, yeah, I mean, those were wild shows from, from the Mecca 
um, and always a great atmosphere, always brilliantly produced. Um, and of course, after a short while, you became their their champion, didn't you? And I've got a picture here, not to embarrass anybody, but uh, I've got to say, that's a, a good lighting, good picture, the belt yeah. over your shoulder there. Um, and be some favors, though. You, 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 you were champion kind of fairly early into your run, weren't you? I think you were probably champion from, now I do have the details here, from July 2018 through to February 2020. So even before the pandemic, uh, 560 days, so about a year and a half. Um, I mean, that must have been a huge kind of accomplishment for you, but also a massive learning opportunity as well, or a learning curve for you at the time, being so young, being so new to the business and having this uh, massive opportunity. Uh, how did that feel for you? Uh, it felt good. Like, it was great, but like I just didn't really know what I was doing. Like, I because I think I got the belt. I have to check my notes, but I think there's only like not that many matches in, so I didn't really know what I was doing. I was being looked after by the by the guys in the ring. So yeah, my eighth yeah. match is when I, I won the belt. So wow, yeah. So it was it was a bit it was a bit quick. I just got chucked straight in. And um, but I, I was lucky enough that I was working with the likes of the Saint, JD Knight, the Bruisers, the tag team, uh, yeah. Tiger Alley. So I was working with them who could, I was just a, your classic baby face then. So I, they were very much would tell me what to do and look after me. Yeah, make sure I didn't mess up pretty much. But a year and a half reign, I mean, that that's absolutely phenomenal. And at a time when you know, British wrestling, UK wrestling was so kind of you know, renowned and everybody was looking up at British wrestling as, as like the pinnacle and 4FW highly respected. Um, but that must have been a huge throw. I mean, what, what are some of your favourite memories or moments or matches uh, from your reign, that year and a half reign with 4FW? I'm trying to remember. I don't think I wrestled that. I think I was like, like at the tail end of 4FW and I didn't mm. run as many shows. But I remember a good one with... JD Knight with Saint as a referee. That was like I enjoyed that one. Uh, the TLC matches obviously were great because I think the last the was it the last one, the one before. So the, I think the first TLC match I did, uh, the rugby team I was playing with at the time were playing in Bournemouth, and they got the coach to drop them in Swindon for the match. So I had a, a whole rugby team. Brilliant. <laughs> in the in the corner. And That's we what went, you want. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it made my job easy. Like, I only had to go, hey, and they just threw all their <laughs> and all that. But yeah, when we were fighting in the crowd and all that, it was in amongst all the rugby lads, and it was it was just such a easy night. But that was a that's a night I remember because it's probably one of the biggest reactions that I've had. Obviously, because I knew everyone in the crowd. It helped when I got the belt down. Like just seeing all the rugby lads go nuts was a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, did you ever kind of wrestle Tiger Ali when you were the champion? Because uh, I, I I got to know uh, Tiger or Benham very well during my time in, in Swindon. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you why off air. Um, but um, great guy, really, really great guy. Very, very underrated um, kind of performer and uh, would love to see him absolutely everywhere. But did you get a chance to work with him as the champion or when you were the champ? I won the belt off tiger because right. so yeah i had the luxury of working him once one-on-one -on -one. Uh, it was brilliant because obviously benham's one like you said i say benham and sammy are two of the most underrated underused wrestlers i've ever met yeah and like totally. i think it's they like they need to put themselves out there more and then people need to grab them when they are putting themselves out there because they're, <laughs> they're like phenomenal but yeah so i i won the belt off tiger alley and yeah, it's brilliant working with him. And I, I've always got along with Benham really well anyway, even at training when I first started, like, met him. Yeah. We got along quite well, so it was quite easy to work with him. And as he coached me, it was very easy for us to put something together because I just done, done what I was told pretty much. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and when you heard that uh, Dave Dave Sharp, um, who was a recent guest on, on Wrestling With John, as, uh, before his first two shows with uh, Brick King Pro, when you heard that Dave Sharp was going to be uh, coming back, running shows again um, after probably a three-year absence. And I know he was very uh, hesitant about coming back into the game, but did eventually. So when you heard that he was coming back with Brett King Pro, uh, what were your thoughts? 
Oh, it's buzzing. Yeah, I was really happy. It's like the home. It's like my home promotion, and for them to because I just thought it was dead in the water, and like, like I said, when that stopped, we were kind of a bit at a loss. Like Southwest had a training school for a bit, but it didn't last very long. Um, so we were all at a bit of a loss of where to train, and then obviously, luckily, I found New Wave. But yeah, for them to come back, it just like I was. I was really happy because I thought if they were going to start running shows again, it'd be just like getting pretty much getting the old band back together, and it's like a it's a nice easy place for me to go wrestle because I know everyone and we're all like good mates. So yeah, I was really happy when I seen it. And obviously, I heard rumors that they were doing it because I'm quite pally with Sammy. Yeah. So like me and Sammy chat all the time, and he'd said that oh yeah, we're thinking of bringing it back. So I was just like I just kept pushing, saying yeah, do it, do it. Then again, absolutely. It, <laughs> and, and I think they ran their first two shows in October, back to back nights. Uh, now I know that you were involved in definitely one of them. I don't know about the second because there was this uh, championship tournament that you were part of. Um, but uh, what what was the the vibe like uh, during the show that you were part of? Did did it feel like a four FW vibe? Did it feel like uh, you know those days again? Uh, I was on both of the shows. So you were was, both. I wasn't sure. Yeah. No, that's right. I was on one. Gloucester and then Emerson's Green, which is literally like like five minutes from my house, so it was a, that's probably one of the best shows I've been on in a while. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it was good. It's just like old times. Yeah, like straight away we're all laughing, joking, just enjoying ourselves. And then obviously when it comes to the wrestling, we're a bit more serious. But yeah, it, it for me it just felt like yeah we're we're back doing what this is how it started. It's nice to be back. It's nice to be back and be more confident as a wrestler because when I look back onto when I was fourth W and like at the t when they were still about, I was very nervous. Like I I'd have a laugh of everyone, but when it came to the wrestling, I'd just be sat in the change room shitting myself pretty much. Second guessing yourself. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I didn't, obviously I was, I didn't really know what I was doing as a character either. I was sort of just like, I didn't really know. I just came out and went, Hey, and if that didn't work, I didn't get them. <laughs> That's right. A lot of wrestlers have made a living doing that for 20 years. So <laughs> <laughs> you could get away with that. But I mean, we're all looking ahead now to the new year. And I know that Dave's announced um, a lot of shows already in 2024. Oh, yeah. But this is the big one, isn't it? Back in Swindon, uh, the mega show. Um, and uh, if I can just read my screen there, Saturday, the 13th of January, you've got yourself and Sammy at the top of the poster there because the, the two of you will be featuring in the final match of the Tournament to Crown, the very first uh, British Kingdom professional wrestling heavyweight champion. Um, yeah. And that's going to be a tasty match between two people that know each other very well, but to each other, two people that's got great chemistry in the ring and going to put on a banger of a match. And that final match is definitely going to be one to uh, look forward to, Chris. I can't wait. Uh, it's, I'm actually skiing. So we go skiing on the, the 6th of January, like me, my mates and like the missus. And I'm flying back a day early to have, like make sure I'm back for the match. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Wrestle, I've wrestled Sammy a handful of, t uh, maybe twice in the singles. Right. But like not, both times it's been a, a non, not under the best circumstances. It's kind of been like a last minute, quickly go out there and do something kind of thing. So this time where we got, we know we're wrestling each other, we can prepare for it. It's like, yeah, really looking forward to it. Hopefully we've got on a great match. He's, he's brilliant and he, we both wrestle similar style, both like the hit, hit hard. So, He'll definitely hit harder, but hopefully I'll get back up. Looking forward to that one, and I'm hoping to be there as well for that one. Uh, we, we haven't spoke at all uh, or much about your, your wrestling fandom. Now, I get the feeling that you've been a lifelong wrestling fan, or certainly for uh, for a long time, but tell yeah. us a bit about your, your wrestling fandom and uh, who were some of the, the larger-than-life characters that kind of jumped out at you or maybe influenced you at all? Kane was the first one. Really? 100%. What was it about Kane? He was just massive, and he had the mask. And obviously, I I think I remember I was around my I was with my dad somewhere, and we were at his mate's house, and they put on wrestling just to keep me entertained. I think I didn't really know I was only young. I think it's about three or four, and I, it, Kane was the first memory I have. Is I remember the match, but I can't remember the paper. It was Kane versus Big Show. And I think it's Redemption or Rebellion, something like that. But just seeing it, like the whole. The whole facade of it, I was just hooked from there. I seen Kane do a drop kick and he's like seven foot or something. <laughs> and as a kid, it was just blowing my mind seeing it all happen. 
So that was like my first initial hook into wrestling. And then I just, I've never, I was never, like, I've never been like a weekly watcher. I never watched, my, never watched all the, I could never tell you like what happened on this row and what happened there. But I had the DVDs and videos of like pay-per-views. So I just binge watch the same pay-per-views over and over. Yeah, and I, I just grew I, I just grew up watching it, never got out of it, even at school. I was the kid who was still into wrestling. Really? You you yeah. were that kid? I was that kid as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a proud kid to be. Yeah, I, enjoy, I just never got out of it. And I was open. I was always told my mates, so yeah, I'll, I'll be a wrestler one day. And um, yeah, I'd say more, more like nowadays, I'm more edged towards watching Ric Flair, Tally Blanchard, Arn Anderson, uh, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. I'd probably say my favourite is, like, if I go back in time, I'd have said my favourite was Kane, but I think as I've got older, it's always been Shawn Michaels since being in my teenagers. And yeah. like prime wanker Shawn Michaels, that's the sort of one. <laughs> yeah, the really cocky like heel, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Um, never like Shawn Michaels as a baby face, to be honest with you. It's, it's, <laughs> always a better heel. That but uh, I mean, we, we spoke a bit about your, your wrestling style. Um, but, but are there any kind of wrestlers we mentioned about influences but any wrestlers that you've kind of modeled your style on um over the years because it it is a little bit old school it is a little bit kind of a throwback to the territory days and you're definitely more of a a brawler than you know a a flashy wrestler but Mm. uh, anybody that's influenced you certainly in in your style at the moment um or that you've taken bits from I'd say obviously like Aaron Anderson, like I like yeah. hitting the spinebuster. I try and mimic his spinebuster. Your spinebuster is beautiful, by the way. Yeah, oh, thank you. It really <laughs> is. Yeah, it's, I try and make it look good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't. Really, I don't. Really, it is like it's very. Because I'd say when I first started, I was probably trying to mimic a bit of or attempting to mimic like Chris Benoit, trying to be a bit of an intense baby face, but it didn't yeah. really work. Um, but I'd say nowadays I'm more watching, like I said, Tully, R and Flair and trying to take little things that they do, but make it more how I would do it. But yeah, I don't really know who I model myself on. I'd say those three. If I, I can think the ones you've mentioned people. certainly uh certainly stand out, certainly make sense for sure. The snake. Yeah, you you mentioned, you know, Jake the Snake, Ric Flair there, uh, Tully Blanchard, all great promo guys. Um, And I've seen you cut one or two good promos as well, especially Uh, at Southwest Wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) But um, the thing is, you always always say to me, oh, yeah. you know, not very good at interviews, not very good at promos. And then you take the mic, you take control, and you absolutely boss it, mate. So, uh, (laughs) but is that something that you've put a lot of work into or, you know, try to practice in front of a mirror? Um, I'm I'm going to ask you the question, how have you got to where you are with with promos and backstage work like that? Uh, Promos has just been like a terrible, terrible journey of (laughs) messed up promos and watching them back and deleting them straight away because I can't stand it's like the sound of my own voice. But it's mainly just been trial and error, trial and error, constantly trying. And I'd always send him to Gilligan. He's a very good promo guy. Yes. Um, so I send him to Gilligan and he'll, he's brutally honest, which is what I want. Like you can send it to some people and they'd be like, yeah, it's good. But I know it ain't that good. Whereas if I send it to Gilligan, if he says it's good, it's pretty good. If he'll tell you what to work on, if not, and it's pretty much that. I've been going to people like JD Knight, the Saint. I used to send them promos and just say, "Be honest with me, how bad is it?" And they just—it's it's just been doing that and that. And then when me and I think I got—I started to get better at them really when I was tagging with uh, <coughs> Chris Adams. So when I was tagging with Adam quite a lot, uh, we just had fun with it, and that was it. That was like I just started to enjoy it, and we did some bullshit promos looking back on them like it's some i regret but they, they were good fun when we were doing them. <laughs> so it's a case of like i just we got you got more comfortable with talking to a camera and flowing through a, pro, a promo but yeah, yeah it, it's been a it's been a journey I, I don't think i'm a good promo guy i, I never would think i am but I, I like to think i can just about get through one now the ones you've shot with me have been really really good really really fun very confident and uh yeah i, I think that you're 
uh, definitely growing with your promos. But uh, yeah, I've got nothing but good things to say about your promos. But usually you do push me out the shot. That's the only kind of critique. Is, is, you know, <laughs> you don't manhandle the interviewer. But uh, the last one, the last one, I think I was propping wow. you up because yeah, uh, you, you had gone through uh, gone through the ringer. Uh, but uh, enough about that. Enough about that. I, I want to briefly, briefly talk about kind of your look as well, because if we go back to that four uh, FW days and uh, looking a bit more clean cut, the short hair, and then if we look at the stallion of uh, twenty twenty three, looking a bit more rugged, the long hair, um, looking pretty sharp there, my friend. If you don't mind me. <laughs> Obviously, this was a conscious decision. Obviously, we, we're probably talking a good few years between them photos. Um, but um, you, is, is it part of the part of the growth and the development and the evolution of Chris Bronson? I just always wanted it. Always wanted long hair. So it was COVID hit, and we weren't go. I, obviously, there's nowhere to go out. So I managed to convince the missus that it'd be a good idea for me to grow my hair, and she was like, "Yeah, just do it, whatever." And yeah, it, it was it was a bit tough. Like about a year in, when you got like this sort of like bob that doesn't really sit anywhere. <laughs> like you just it just looked horrendous. I was wearing a hat everywhere. I don't even wear a hat. It's just me and the house. Like uh, it was a tough phase. But once I got through it, and you get to a point where you can pull the air back, and it it then that's what I wanted to look like. Like so I grew up watching wrestlers with long hair. So I grew up watching Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. Yeah. And, and I just look at the hair and Triple H, I look at the hair and go, yeah, that's, it just makes, that's a wrestler for me, is the long hair, you've got to be built a certain way. That's just like my view of a wrestler. Yeah. You, you've got some way to go before you get a, a lovely mullet like uh, Tom uh, Pritchard there. That That's that's the goal, isn't it? That is the, the goal of every professional wrestler, is to have a mullet like Tom Pritchard. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's jump to some questions, because we have had a few questions come through. And uh, now, I'll be honest with you, I don't understand this question, but you may. Oh. It's from one of the boys. Uh, Axel Carter, what, <laughs> what's Chris Bronson's favourite uh, Louis Miguel song? Now... Bruce. Oh, Lewis yeah. Miguel, full transparency, never heard of the guy. Um, it, Sold in Mexico. He's a, a, a singer. I think he's a Mexican singer. And um, it would be Hastakel Milvides is my favourite Lewis Miguel song. And, yeah, me and Axel have bonded on that a bit. But, yeah, he's a, he's a great singer. He's got some bangers there. Uh, I'll have to um, check him out on Spotify and uh, <laughs> absolutely. Let's I see. I do have plenty more. So, oh, this is a good question. Now, we spoke obviously about uh, your SWW run as a heel. Uh, wrestling Society, I think you wrestle Wrestling Society sometimes or mostly as a baby face, don't you? Is that right? Oh, sw swaps every show, John. Like, it, Does it really? <laughs> a question that came through earlier from from richie friend of the show uh i love your theme tune money for nothing of course we mentioned that at the beginning uh do you prefer playing babyface or heel so uh um there must be pros and cons to playing either or but uh any preference i've always preferred heel i find it a bit more natural coming out and not being like yeah come on everyone doing all the high fives i, I prefer being a heel but i don't mind being a babyface I find my music can be a bit of a can't think of a word about swear, a bit of a mind fuck for the fans. Is in yeah. It feels like everyone wants to start clapping to my music and then I come out and I'm a bit of a wanker. So <laughs> I feel like I mess with their heads a bit accidentally. So definitely a heel. Definitely a heel. I prefer a heel. And uh, Richie again, um, he could see you as the new wave champion. Now I think the current champion is Elijah. I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, I think he took the belt from uh, James Ellis a little while back. Um, yeah, I can see you as, as the new wave champion. What about yourself? Is that a little goal that you have in mind for 2024? Yeah, it'd be nice to have the belt around the waist, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd love it, but you just have to see what happens, wouldn't we? Absolutely. And uh, Richard's been a busy boy. He sent in another question. Any other promotions, wrestling promotions, you'd like to dip your toe into uh, in 2024? And like I say, you mentioned Rev Pro there, where you had a few matches with them. Uh, a big promotion on the UK scene. Um, but uh, have you got your own, any other promotions, either locally or further afield? Or like I say, uh, I don't know if you've had the chance to step abroad yet, working over in Europe or anywhere like that. But uh, have you got your eyes on any promotions or any countries you'd like to work in, I suppose? 
ideally i'd love to work abroad i'd love to go like wrestle in europe like, I, I know a lot of guys who have and i get jealous when they talk about it but main, mainly it'd be japan i'd love to go to japan and wrestle i think that's always been like because uh, it got mentioned to me before when 4fw was going that there's potential we might be linking with japan and i was sort yeah. of said that oh you can go out to a dojo and i was like oh my gosh, amazing i was only 21 and i thought this would be amazing and then obviously fourth w fell through yeah so, yeah japan would be the main one for me if i could get anywhere in japan i think that'd be great there you go still plenty of time and i think you're at uh this is the the, the best version of chris bronson we've ever seen so it's going to happen uh darren newen's been in touch uh who would be your dream opponent so we've spoken about you know, bucket list uh, companies and countries you'd like to wrestle in. But uh, are there any bucket list or dream opponents you might have, Chris? That's a tough one. Um, well, either be in all... the UK or further afield, you know, dream oh, opponents like, or... Who's, who's wrestling now? Yeah, why not? God, I don't know. I feel like I should prepare for this. Uh, I feel like of all time, if I had to pick someone, it'd probably be Mr. Perfect. Yes. I think that would be a really good. I feel like that would be fun. I feel like we could do it'd be good fun wrestling, Mr. Perfect. Yeah, I can see that yeah. for sure. Traffic currently wrestling. Who would I like to wrestle? Samoan Joe. Samoan Joe. I think I'd. I think I'd love that. I'd be hard hitting and be my sort of style. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But there's so many. I think I think you've got the type of style that could mesh and, and mix well with pretty much anybody. Um, because I think you're you're a you're a worker's worker, and I think that you you can adapt. And as we said, you know the different opponents and challenges you've had for your SWW Championship this year, they've all been very varied. From Nico Angelo, JJ Gale, Toby St John, um, you know, so on and so forth. But because uh, like I, I think you can kind of mix it up with pretty much anybody, which is is, is something not not every talent can say they can do, but I think you definitely yeah. can. Well, I try my best, John. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm going to think of someone. This, is, this question is going to annoy me now. I know I'm going to think of someone and I'll randomly just splurt out. Yeah. Well, like I say, you've had some awesome opponents. I mean, Charlie Sterling, like I say, he, he's yeah. got to be up there as one of your uh, uh, favourite opponents of all time. Oh, yeah. But uh, there we go. We haven't finished yet. So if you, if you think of anything, just randomly say a name and that's absolutely fine. We'll know what it's about. Okay. We, we, we'll understand. We'll understand. Uh, but uh, before we ask the Stallion for his uh, social, just a quick reminder of my up and coming guests. And uh, I haven't announced my guest for January yet, which I will do in the next week or so. Uh, but of course, next week, my next live interview, and I've got a full seven days to relax a little bit and then prepare for this one. But Dr. Tom Pritchard will be coming onto the show next Wednesday, the 13th of December, 9 p.m. UK time, 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time over in the States. That's going to be an interview you're not going to want to miss. I am going to be talking to him about JPWA. We will be mentioning uh, the four uh, British uh, individuals that recently went over there as part of the summer class. Jordan Sparks, Toby St. John, Echo and Ruby Manitoba, of course. But we will also be taking a deep dive into Dr. Tom's uh, awesome career as a wrestler and as a trainer. Um, and I'm definitely going to be delving into uh, his stint as part of the Heavenly Bodies, one of my favourite all-time tag teams. And then the following week, a date to be announced. Uh, but uh, Millie McKenzie will be coming on as my special Christmas guest and that will be dropping before Christmas. So uh, whatever platform you're watching this on, especially if you're watching this on YouTube, we're getting close to a 1,000 subscribers. So hit that like and that subscribe button. But um, The Stallion, oh, let me ask you, where did The Stallion nickname come from? And uh, kind of well, when did it first start getting used by yourself and why? Tell us a bit about The Stallion nickname. Uh, I can't really remember now. It, it wasn't too long ago. I just... I wanted something, because I, I can't remember what it was before. I think it was like Notorious or something like that. Notorious right. Chris Bronson. But I don't know. I just, I felt, I grew up, I grew up on a horse yard. And I was trying to think, is there anything I can say around sort of where I've grown up and all that? And I just thought, Stallion sounds quite cocky and arrogant. So, yeah, it was kind of literally just clutching the straws and went, yeah, that'll do, Stallion. And then it seems, I, it feels good to say. So, it it's starting, I think, it's starting to, gel a bit now 
Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Definitely works uh, with yeah. you and for your character. So scrolling along the bottom of the screens are uh, Chris Bronson socials. But uh, just just tell us if any of my viewers, listeners, followers wants to reach out, learn more about the stallion, Chris Bronson. Just say hi, or uh, maybe see some footage. Where can they do so? And I've got specifically Instagram and X running along the bottom of the screen. But uh, the floor is yours, my friend. Say that again, sorry, John. <laughs> yeah, where can we reach out to you? Where, tell us about your socials. Uh, yeah, just Instagram, Twitter. That's all I really use. I don't really use Twitter that much, but Instagram, that's probably my main one that I'll put stuff out on or my Facebook, uh, Chris Bronson Facebook profile page, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Chris underscore Bronson, you'll find uh, the stallion. Double on underscore. Social. That's it. Don't forget the underscore. Very important. But uh, there we go. Um, you go. If you've got any any final words to sign us off this episode of Wrestling with Johnners to uh, uh, people that supported you over the last four, five, six years uh, in the wrestling business, your fans, your followers, your friends, but uh, any final words from the Stallion to sign us off this episode of Wrestling with Johnners? Uh, no, just thank you, thank you. If you do support me, yeah, I appreciate it, um, and keep supporting me, and hopefully I'll get busier and busier. That's it. Thank you, John. It's been a delight. It's been a pleasure. And like I, I say, told we... you I'd be boring, John. I did warn you I'd be boring. <laughs> you weren't <laughs> boring at all. But it's nearly your bedtime. So uh, we've got to say goodbye. But uh, the Stallion, Chris Bronson, thank you so much for being an awesome guest. And uh, I'll see you very soon, my friend. Take care. Thank you for having me.